Another happy Monday, everyone. So if you are just now joining us for the first time, welcome to Paw Talk. I am Melissa Schrader, one of the trainers at Pawsable Angels, and we have been going through the different AKC breeding groups and how those groups affect behavior. So today's episode, we have our last grouping of dogs and I'm lumping them together because it's just not enough information on them separately to do two separate episodes. But the last two groupings that we have yet to cover are the non-sporting group of dogs and the toy breeds. So I want to dive in first to the non-sporting groups. This is our most diverse of all the groups as characterized by the AKC. So some examples in this group. So this group really doesn't have any characteristics in common um, because they're so diverse. They are pretty much the group where if they didn't fit to any other category, this is where the AKC put them. So some examples of this would be your American Eskimo dog, your Bichon, your Boston Terrier, Bulldog, Sharpay, Chow, Dalmatian, French Bulldog, Poodle, Shiba Inu, Tibetan Terrier, and Tibetan Spaniel. And there's, once again, more of these, more different um, breeds that are a little more exotic that I didn't write down here, but you're free to go to akc.org and look up your specific dog. Now, since that breeds in this group do not really have anything in common because they're so diverse, I just picked out a few of the most common ones that people own, and I also characterized it by the ones that we deal with for behavioral cases as well. So let's pick out first the Bichon. So the Bichon originated from the Mediterranean and they were actually crossed with a water dog. They were adopted by the French and unfortunately they started to become unpopular, which was making them become extinct. But what saved them was that they were really good at tricks and they had an affinity for doing tricks. So street performers and street peddlers found them very useful because if they trained them to do cute tricks, people would drop them money as they walked by. Well, once all these people started these, started seeing these street performers using these cute little fluff balls, um, and these dogs were known for being perky and bouncy, and so they quickly won the heart of people, and then they started to rise in popularity again. They're also known for being happy-go-lucky, but they can also be sensitive. They're known to be very affectionate and they're pretty much a friend to all. Everyone loves these dogs. They tend not to have a mean streak in their body. Um, the one thing though is they don't like to be left alone. So it's very common that you might see some separation anxiety in this breed. Now, once again, we are talking in generalizations. This may or may not be true for your specific dog, but as a whole, these are some of the generalized characteristics of this dog. All right, now we're gonna move on to the Boston Terrier. So this terrier, or this Boston Terrier, was bred by the coachman in Boston. So it originated in America, and these coachmen worked for very wealthy employers who had these dogs, specifically usually bulldogs. 
Um, some of them had English Terriers. And so what they did is they crossed the English Terrier and the Bulldog. So their employer's dogs, they crossed them to make this Boston Terrier. These dogs are known for being very devoted and they're sensitive to their owner's moods, but they can be a bit saucy. They're really playful, but they have a stubborn streak and they're very clever. They're very quick learners. They can be reserved with strangers and they might be aggressive towards dogs. Let's move on to the French Bulldog. Um, the French Bulldog originates from the Bulldog. So let me go back a step and let's talk about the Bulldog first. So that will put the French Bulldog into perspective. So the Bulldog came from a horrible pastime called bull baiting. And this is where people would use the dog to bait a bull. And what that means is typically the dog would latch on to the bull's nose and would not let go and pretty much just make the bull mad. These dogs were known for having very strong jaws and they were known for having very high pain tolerances, which made them great for this. They were also used for bear baiting and with the bull baiting there was a theory by some that the bull tasted better once it was slaughtered for meat if it had been baited first others just used it for entertainment and the bear baiting was used strictly for entertainment and it used to be that people who owned these dogs would kind of flaunt and compete with whose dog could handle the most pain so it was a really barbaric pastime so they were known to have very high pain allowances. They were known to be really ferocious. But then once this pastime became outlawed, then people really still admired this breed and what they've seen this breed do, but they didn't want all this ferociousness in the breed. They wanted to breed that out. So through selective breeding, they bred the traits they really liked, especially those physical traits and made those more pronounced, but then started breeding out the ferociousness in the dogs. So they became very popular and they actually are became the national symbol of England. They're known to be pretty happy, comical, and friendly. And because of the selective breeding of trying to take out all that ferociousness in them, they are known as one of the most mellow and docile dogs. They're super people pleasing, but they can be stubborn. They're, they're really known like to be stubborn, as stubborn as a bulldog. If you've ever heard that, they are known or bullheaded. Um, they're known for being very stubborn. Um, they may be aggressive with dogs they don't know. So that brings us, let's loop back to the French Bulldogs now. So these originated first, they came from England, but really originated in France, if that makes sense. So what happened was there was English lace workers who went over to France to do their trade and they would bring their, what they called toy bulldogs. So smaller versions of the bulldogs to France. And the French women loved these dogs and they especially liked the ones that had the bat ears, the ears that stuck up and English breeders hated the ones that ears stuck up. They wanted the, the ears that looked more like a bulldog. And so they did not like the big bat ears, um, but the French women did. So in 
France, they started to selectively breed for those bat ears. So they became very popular in France, especially with high society. They're known as being really silly. They like to kind of clown around and they enjoy playing and entertaining. They also are very cuddly. They like to sleep with their people and they're known generally to be very friendly and sweet and willing to please. Next up on our list is the Sharpay, and it was the name is actually called the Chinese Sharpay, which explains where it comes from. It originated in China, and this breed is the one that has a really wrinkly face. And the reason it has a wrinkly face, which not many people probably know about, they just think, oh, it's so cute, it's got a wrinkly face, especially when they're puppies. These dogs are so wrinkly. But the reason they have that is so if a dog latches onto their skin, the wrinkles will allow them to kind of break away. Um, so these dogs were working breeds of the peasant farmers in China, and they were kind of all purpose. They were used as guard dogs. They were also used to hunt wild boar, and they were used in dog fighting, which is why they wanted to breed dogs that had more wrinkles to help them be more successful in dog fighting. So this breed is known to be very self-assured. It's a very serious breed. Um, it can be very independent and stubborn and can be very self-absorbed and self-focused. They are tend to be pretty suspicious of strangers because they're a guard dog. I mean, that's what they are. That's one of their, their functions. Um, and they can be aggressive to other dogs and might chase livestock. They tend to be more reserved, so although they're devoted to their family, they don't always show affection um, and aren't very demonstrative of affection. And I would say Sharpays are best, in my professional opinion, for seasoned dog owners and not for new owners. Next is the Chow, and actually Chows and Sharpays may share an ancestry. There is just a lot of conjecture about the Chow and about the Sharpays and their history, but they have very similar like black tongues, which leads a lot of people to believe they share some ancestry. But with Chows, they were believed to descend from the Spitz family, and they once again came from China as well. They're known to be very dignified, yet reserved. So although they can be very devoted to their family, like the Sharpay, they're not very affectionate or demonstrative of their affection. They can be very suspicious of strangers. They tend to be very independent. They can be stubborn. They can have an aggressive streak towards dogs they don't know. They tend to be very serious, just like the Sharpay. They're very protective. And they were used a lot as an all-purpose breed to be, to hunt and to herd and to pull, but also to protect. And then lastly in this group, what I want to um, kind of pick out of the, the mix of dogs would be the Dalmatian. And this breed, you know, you don't see the Dalmatian as often around, but we all know it. And it's typically associated with fire trucks. And I'll tell you why that is in just a minute. But the Dalmatian was actually named for Dalmatia, or it might be pronounced Dalmatia, I don't know. But it's a region in Yugoslavia, so I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. But this dog originally had many jobs. You couldn't just nail it down to one. 
but the dog really found its niche and really became known for um, being a coach dog back in Victorian England. So this dog looked nice, it looked fancy, which was always important to nobility, but it also ended up being a great protection for the horses. So it would protect the horses against other dogs trying to attack the horses. And the Dalmatian was known to be very good with horses and a very good protector. However, when cars came about, that really um, kind of put a damper in what the Dalmatians would do. And so they kind of declined in popularity after that because people didn't have stagecoaches and didn't need a stagecoach dog. Um, however, they were still used for the horse-drawn fire engines. And that's how they became known as the fire dogs because they, they would do the same thing in terms of protecting the horses just like they did for the other coaches, but these were specifically for fire engines. They, these dogs can run for miles. That's what they were bred for because these dogs would trot beside the coach as it went off. They would trot beside either beside it or behind it or in front of it. So these dogs were bred to be tireless and to just really trot for miles. They're really enthusiastic. They tend to be very playful and eager. They may be aggressive to strange dogs because once again, they were bred to protect horses from strange dogs. Um, and they might be a little reserved towards strangers and they can have their stubborn streak as well. So because this non-sporting group is so diverse, we're not going to dive into the hierarchy of needs that we've been discussing at the end of each episode, um, just because there's no way, I, they have the basic needs of the hierarchy, but to break it down more specifically, it's so, they're so diverse, I really can't do that. So I guess it's just suffice it to say that they have the same basic needs as all of the dogs that we've talked about so far in our hierarchy of needs. And now I wanna dive into the toy section. So the toy section are actually, if you just think of it, like mini versions of dogs from some of the other groups. These dogs were specifically bred for companionship and really for decoration, to, for nobility to kind of tout around and they look cute and they make nobility look good and they were status symbols. So they were naturally selected for companionship and to have traits that made them a good companion. And some examples of this would be the King Charles Cavalier, the Chihuahua, Chinese Crested, the Havanese, the Italian Greyhound, the Miniature Pincher, the Papillon, the Pomeranian, Toy Poodle, Pug, Shih Tzu, and Yorkies. And once again, just like the non-sporting group, there is no really behaviors all these dogs have in common. The only thing they have in common is that they're small and they're mini. Um, so I am just going to point out a couple of these like I did in the non-sporting group. The ones that I see the most or that people seem to be most popular with. Uh, let's talk about the pug. Now the pug, the name, is a name deriving from the Latin word pugnus, which means fist. And some think that this could be because their wrinkly face and head looks like a fist to some. Um, the official motto of a pug is, um, well, translated from Latin, is a lot in a little. 
So this group was descended from the Mastiffs. So you can kind of see it if you look at them. They look like a Mastiff that has been kind of smashed in like a garbage compactor is what they look like. And that's why they originated in Holland and they are known to be a blend of dignity, but they're also very comical. So they can be very playful. They tend to be very confident, but also do have a stubborn streak. Um, they are very willing to please and they just love to show off for people. The Shih Tzu um, originated in Tibet and it was considered a holy dog in Tibet. And even though it originated in, in Tibet, it became it was really developed and became very popular in China. So when most people think of Shih Tzus, they think of them coming from China, and that is why. They were highly prized by the Chinese royal family. And they are known to be very spunky, yet they're sweet and gentle. They tend to be very upbeat, lively dogs that love to play. They're very affectionate. They're known to be very good with children. Yet they're also a tough dog. They're not as delicate as they might look. Um, and they also have a stubborn streak, which that may be one thing the toy breeds have in common is their stubborn streak. They're big dogs and little dogs bodies because you'll hear me say almost all of these are stubborn when I get to the end. Now, the next uh, dog up that's dog is up is the Yorkie and it's the Yorkshire Terrier is the name of this dog and it is true to its name it is a terrier meaning it's a ratter so it was bred the terrier in it was bred to hunt rats now the yorkie surprisingly the, the yorkie is known today as being like almost very high class people dress their yorkies up and they put bows in their hair but this dog was developed by the working class of yorkshire in england and so initially this dog was looked down upon by the high class um, because they were a common working dog. But they they were soon known to have one of the best coats. It's a very luxurious coat. And so with that, they became pretty popular because people couldn't deny how beautiful they were. So then after all of that, then they became more popular with the wealthy people because they wanted a dog that was beautiful and looked great. They're known to be eager. They love adventure. They're very busy little dogs. They're very inquisitive. They can have a very bold streak and they can be stubborn just like all the other dogs. They may be aggressive to other dogs or small animals, which isn't surprising considering that they have terrier in them. Next up, we have the Pomeranian, and the Pomeranian is known to come from the Spitz family, and the Pomeranian is a miniature sled dog, so it actually descends from the sledding dog lines. The dog is known for being very bouncy, but it's bold, it's busy, has very high energy, it can be curious, a little bit playful, um, but very self-confident. The dog is known for being very attentive, Yet, it can be reserved to strangers. So with its family, it can be very affectionate and very um, friendly, but it might be reserved towards strangers. And it is known to be aggressive towards other dogs. This dog specifically is known to be kind of a barky dog, which does run through the lines. You'll see a lot of the descriptions with the various dogs in this group if you read through them. 
say that they can be barky. And that's why, you know, people always refer to them as little yappers. Um, just because that's what a lot of these dogs have in common. Because if you remember, you know, a lot of these dogs descended from guarding breeds. And so the guarding breeds would bark to alert you and scare intruders away. So just because these are mini versions doesn't mean that these dogs don't inherit some of those traits. All right, next on the list is the Chihuahua. So the Chihuahua originated in China, but we most know the dog from the Taco Bell commercials, and the dog is portrayed as being from Mexico. Well, the reason this is, is because when Cortez conquered the Aztecs, these dogs were left to fend for themselves. And so then in Chihuahua, Mexico, which was the name of the city, they found these three little dogs wandering around and that's where they got their name Chihuahua and that's why they are associated with Mexico. These dogs are typically very saucy dogs. So any of you who have Chihuahuas know that. They think that they are these huge dogs and these little bodies. They probably tend to be one of the worst yappers. They are intense and they're best known for being very devoted to a single person. They can be reserved with strangers, but they're usually pretty good with family pets. They may be protective because they are a very bold breed. Now they're not very effective as a guard dog, but they sure try. And then lastly, I wanna talk about the toy poodle. So poodles are typically identified with France, but they actually have their ancestors that come from Asia and their ancestors were herding breeds. So this dog was also bred as a water dog. So the name Poodle comes from the German word that means puddle or to splash. So these dogs were really known and bred for being a water hunting dog. So they would um, get ducks and geese and hunt in the water. They're very intelligent, which poodles are probably one or as known as one of the most intelligent breeds. They are can be really easy to train, especially this toy breed, which is what made them such good circus dogs. So as they've kind of phased out of the working part of their breed, they needed a job to do. Like, what else are they going to do? So they ended up being very easy to train and so when the circus started becoming really popular they were used in the circus. They're very alert dogs, they're very playful, they're very lively and they're very eager to please. The toy poodles are known to be very devoted to their family but they can be reserved with strangers and these also are known to be a barky dog. So that sums up this episode and our series of breed and behavior. We hope you enjoy it. We'll continue to have a new podcast every week with different episodes on. So if there is a specific topic you would like me to discuss, please feel free to go onto our Facebook page and make a comment and we'd be happy to discuss it on our podcast. Have a great Monday, everyone.